I am Scott Chaloner, and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. And on what is a cool autumn morning here in the capital, I'm delighted to welcome Andy Doyle onto today's programme. Andy, good morning. Thank you for joining us on the show. Yeah, good morning, Scott. Thanks for having me. And for those regular listeners who may not be familiar with Andy, he is a director at technical and creative agency We Heart Digital Limited, as well as co-founder of AI-based video content platform Filmily, with which both form part of the Nice Group of Digital Companies. Um, that's of course just a very brief overview of your background, Andy. But given sort of your extensive experience in digital and also in the software engineering industry, do feel free to expand upon that for the listeners. What is it that your businesses do exactly? Um, so We Heart Digital was the first company I started and it was a digital agency focused on either creating highly creative digital projects or really highly complex digital projects. The type of projects where sort of other agencies might go, oh, we, we wouldn't have a clue where to start with that. So that was the sort of mindset for it. Initially focused around projects to do with TV and obviously moved a lot more into web. I mean, you know, it's 15, 16 years old, that comes. Um, over the years, We Heart Digital has now been put into a, a group of companies called Nice Group Limited um, because we acquired an e-commerce company and a business uh, retail consultancy and a couple of other companies, which we've made into a group. So, so the team all works across different projects now, and we manage e-commerce clients. You know, we manage payments up to £200 million a year in payments we manage for our clients. Um, with Filmly, that's our classic tech startup, um, we, we, found, we came up with this idea to collect video from mobile phones, um, from thousands of mobile phones at events, and then use AI to understand everything about the video and then automatically generate branded films for sort of clients such as rights owners, sports clubs, music festivals, um, wedding venues, etc. So. No, we're good guns, we're doing well, um, and it's an event-based business, so we've had an interesting time. Yeah, I can certainly imagine so with the sort of last um, 18 or 19 or so months with the uh, the COVID-19 situation, having sort of wiped out the event sector for some time, and now we're starting to see that coming back. Um, has it been sort of a difficult period uh, for that side of the uh, the business then, uh, with sort of events having been as stricken as it was? Um, it was so... We, we did an event in February 2020 um, mm-hmm. with FC Köln in Germany, um, a Bundesliga football club. And then obviously the pandemic kicked in and the world locked down. Um, we had a bit of a moment, to be honest, because our original sort of concept for the platform was to create content from the fans who were going to stadiums um, and to venues. So then we quickly sort of looked at what we were doing and we, we came up with some sort of new features, which were would allow us to work with fans who are also watching sport remotely. Um, so we came up with three or four really sort of great, interesting, creative features. Um, and with that, we sort of went back out to the market, you know, especially around football. Um, and said, you know, you'll be running events behind closed doors. Your fans are going to feel separated. This mm. is what we can offer you. Um, and it really worked. I mean, you know, we didn't set the world alight like we thought 2020 would, but we did some really big events, mainly in the U.S. Uh, we did the U.S. tennis in New York, which was the biggest tennis event in 2020 because Wimbledon was cancelled. Um, we worked with some NFL teams, um, such as the Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco 49ers, and a bunch of other sort of events, you know, in Europe and in uh, the U.K. 
It's really interesting stuff, isn't it? And it's not always what you've done, is it, uh, Mandy? I mean, we mentioned just very briefly in the introduction that you did start out in the software engineering industry, and a lot of that work yeah. was mainly in television, working with broadcasters. Do you think that that sort yeah. of gave you the real grounding then to go and sort of make that side of filmily a success? 100%. So my background um, when I had, you know, as I say, a real job was I was a software engineer, as you so. I was writing code, which was the back-end systems for a lot of TV programs. You know, the biggest one we ever worked on was Big Brother. Um, we wrote a streaming platform for HBO, um, you know, before Netflix was a thing. Um, so we worked on some big platforms, all about how to manage video, how to show broadcast video, tagging video. So, yeah, all of that was seed to, you know, looking at, you know, video from phones and, the fact that I knew you could add metadata to it and you could tag it and there was all this stuff possible with handling video files, which are large files and quite sort of a big thing to manage. So yeah, all of that was a great sort of standing in coming up with the idea of Filmly. Yeah, brilliant. And of course, you mentioned We Heart Digital being sort of your first business that sort of dates back to 2008. Um, what was yeah. sort of the kind of eureka moment, if you like, that sort of made you really think that going and making a business of my own and taking that route forward was going to be the way for me? Um, to be honest with you, Scott, um, it was, I got made redundant. It was 2008. The crash had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, we were living in central London. Um, and we just thought, actually, you know, enough's enough. We wanted to move out of London. Um, and to be honest, I didn't, you know, my contacts were all London-based. So the idea was when we moved to the southwest, you know, I started up on my own. I had a you know, I had quite a senior job when I was in London. So I just pulled on my contacts in the TV industry to say, I'm going it alone. I want to carry on doing TV stuff. And that I'm going to work from Southwest. So, and the original, the other sort of mindset I had was, you know, when we moved down to Totnes, where we are now, was, you know, earning money in London and then getting contractors and people in the Southwest to do the work. So you sort of pulling money out of the big cities, which I think in 2008, 2009 was probably quite unusual um but uh you know obviously now after the pandemic and people working from home it's sort of becoming the norm that people are living in different places Mm. yeah certainly so and um obviously now from that period in 2008 right the way through to present day you've now got the nice group um, which sort of encompasses we heart digital filmally and a number of other businesses that work across events commerce digital and the creative industries as well so from that sort of moment in 2008 where you thought i'd like to sort of go it alone start my own business right the way to having sort of a whole group of companies under your wing just for some of those sort of younger budding entrepreneurs that may well be tuning into this uh, what would you say sort of the secret was to that success without sort of giving too much away that you can maybe use to maybe advise those people? Um, I would say you've got to have, and I probably didn't have it at the start, it's something I've learned in hindsight is sort of a laser focus and focus on a vertical market, you know, don't, and be strong with that. Don't sort of have a scattergun approach to, I'm going to do a bit of this and a bit of that and a bit of the other. I think that's the one. Um, the other, the real big thing for me was, you know, just understanding always the bottom line of a business. It's, you know, all the hidden costs, all the other things. So when you're, you know, because when people start a business, it's the first time ever they probably really have the responsibility of coming up with costs of things which actually matter to them as a person. Because, you know, if you under cost something, you probably don't get paid that month when you're a fledgling business. So 
you know, really understanding everything about the business and going, this is what I need to earn every month and this is how I need to manage that, I think is the big thing for me. Um, and to be honest, it's don't grow too quickly, you know. You know, you know, it's for me it's like sort of thirteen, fourteen years now. Um and we spent a long time honing in what we did and learning that your job is to run a business. You're not a software engineer, but you also run a business. That's a contractor and that's a different mindset. So, you know, for me, my job is to run a business now. Mm. That's it. <laughs> and when we talk about learning um, as well, every single day is a school day really within business, isn't it? And part of yeah. learning, I suppose, is having setbacks and taking the lessons from them. It's very much you either win or you learn, isn't it? Um and obviously the pandemic has been one of the most significant learning curves for business um, in recent memory, I suppose. Um, are there any sort of key lessons that you may be taken from this last sort of year and a half from a personal point of view? Um, for me, I think because, I mean, it's different for different companies. You know, we're sort of, you know, a micro company SME. We've got sort of 18 or 19 now full-time employees. And um, the learning for me was, just really looking after everyone, you know, it was a different culture that everyone was at home. So the, you know, the creativity and, you know, the water cool, water cooler moments weren't happening. So trying to work around them was a, was a big learning and how to keep everyone engaged in the business. Um, you know, and we failed, you know, in one part, you know, we recruited someone during the pandemic. We never met him in person and then he left again before we ever got a chance to meet him. And, you take responsibility that he never probably felt integrated into the team. So that was a real good learning lesson. Um, but in terms of running the business and clients, I mean, you know, it was just reaching out more, ensuring they're all okay and different clients in different sectors have different needs. You know, e-commerce clients got more busy. <laughs> um, they were, you know, all of their retail outlets were closed. So all their business went online. So there was a lot more sort of support and, understanding their infrastructures and how they work remotely mm. um in terms of sort of events and stuff again it was just going their need used to be fan engagement within stadiums if there's no one in stadiums what do they do and coming up with ideas and just being very dynamic you know if someone says that's a ridiculous idea take that on board don't think you know better you know you know there's other people who are just as good or better than there's always people as good and better than you so you know, listening to advice and taking it on board and really acting on it quickly was the key. Mm, yeah, certainly learning from those around us, I think, has been really, really important and just recognising that we are all in the same boat and we're not alone in this, absolutely. And you mentioned as well the um, importance as well, Andy, of actually checking up on our colleagues as well during this time and trying to do that sort of remotely is just a little bit more difficult, isn't it? Because you can't necessarily pick up on the same sort of social cues and perhaps sort of looking after mental health, both from our colleagues' points of view and also that of our own as business leaders, it's sort of no more important than now is it at a time where you know we've been running our businesses and very much in survival mode and trying to sort of keep things ticking along 100 percent. i mean for us you know before the pandemic we were we tried to sort of be um sort of forward thinking so you know we worked you know on a flexi time policy you know we didn't really count the hours as such the, the team they're offered unlimited holidays with approval um, you know, if someone takes 27 days and another person takes 23 days, so what? Uh, so we had all that in place before the pandemic. The one thing we added in, and it, you know, and it was a leap of faith, I think, but it's, it worked, was we moved everyone to a four-day week. So they ha And the rule was it was a three-day weekend. It wasn't a Wednesday off, for example. So 
So half the team had the Friday off and half had a Monday off. Um, just so they had that proper break and time to do something and wind down from work. Because we find people were just doing more hours in a way when they were working from home. Mm. Yeah, it does. It sort of blurs the distinction, doesn't it, between the workplace and, and your yeah. home life. So as, as good as it can be from a productivity point of view, you've got to keep very, very close tabs on it from that sort of mental health side of things, haven't you? And um, that's where, yeah. yeah, because to certainly sort of maintain the hard-won gains of working from home, those advantages, getting that sort of work-life balance right is hugely important. And it seems from your perspective, you sort of really push that um, in terms of your business. Yeah, I mean, we did. We sort of, you know, making sure that, you know, we were looking after customers, but equally as important was the team. I mean, you know, especially with software developers, by nature, you know, they're quite full on. You know, if they're working away, the keyboard in the middle of something, they just keep going and keep going. Um, So, yeah, you know, we we were using whatever communication tools, you know, we could, whether it was, you know, uh, Zoom calls or Slack or any of the other sort of communication tools, we made sure there was daily comms with everybody, you know, just so they weren't just sat in isolation for weeks and then not talking to real people. So, I mean, video calls saved the day, didn't it, really? (laughs) Mm, Absolutely. And we saw that with the proliferation of different applications such as Zoom, such as Microsoft Teams, for instance, keeping people connected. Um, Unfortunately, now um, we've reached this period where restrictions are sort of gone for the time being and we are able to actually go into offices, see people again, but also maintain that remote connection. I think it's become pretty clear that sort of this kind of hybrid way of working that's sort of come about, I mean, that's now going to be part and parcel of the way that we do business in this country isn't it and i think as directors we've got to be very very aware of that because what prospective employees and candidates for certain roles want from their employers that's changing isn't it and we've got to be very much moving with the times as leaders 100 percent. i mean for us we've always had the concept of remote working as a business since we started because obviously when you live you know in the southwest you know your ability to recruit you know, it's harder because, you know, people live in the cities, all the big towns. Mm. Um, so we've always had that as a policy that there was home working. So for us, that was quite simple. I mean, the big thing we did was when the sort of restrictions lifted and we don't normally sort of be forceful as a business. We, you know, everyone's on a sort of, you know, responsible sort of nature for themselves. But we did sort of say to the team, you know, Tuesday, Wednesdays and Thursdays, you know, every effort to be in the office, get to know each other again, get used to working with people. Yeah, certainly it's just about sort of getting used to being around people again, isn't it? So, Andy, um, thinking about the uh, the future now, just sort of now that restrictions have gone for the, uh, the time being and business is now very much looking forward, it seems from everything that ministers are saying that restrictions won't be making a comeback and they're very important sort of hot on the hard-won gains of keeping the economy open. So with that in mind and with hopefully the trading environment becoming more and more favourable as the economy recovers, um, what are you sort of hoping to achieve within your businesses over the course of the next sort of 12 months? And indeed, what would you like to have achieved, if anything, by this time in 2022? So with Nice Group, uh, we very recently, I've just, I've, I've recruited a new managing director and stepped back from that day-to-day role. And with that in mind, he's going to sort of grow that, that sort of whole group of companies. And then my role for that will be additions, business, and business to double turnover of the group 
every 12 months for four years. Um, so we've got some big ambitions and I think I've got the room to do the job. Um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. So it seems like you do have some brilliant plans um, ahead of the uh, the, uh, the new year coming up and do wish you all the luck in the world in sort of executing that. And um, as we sort of do look to the future and sort of see how things start to, uh, to pan out, I'd actually relish the opportunity to even maybe welcome you back onto the show in future and just sort of see how those plans are coming along because it is absolutely fantastic. And yeah, so we can certainly see how things uh, go on in future. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to come back and say that this is what we've done in the last 12 months because, you know, all going to plan it, it'd be some big things and, you know, we've really established the new co and the group will be growing. So it's quite exciting. Yeah, there it is. Much um, exciting times um, at the uh, the Nice Group for sure. And um, for those regular listeners tuning in that may have been inspired by Andy's uh, story, and you may feel you have your own um, tale of success and of innovation to share, then you could of course apply to be on the show yourself via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply, and maybe be sharing your views with the uh, the listeners. Um, Andy, once again, thank you so so much for taking the time to join us on the uh, the show this morning. It's been a real real pleasure, and uh, as I say, best of luck ahead of the new year it was a pleasure welcoming andy doyle onto today's program and i do hope that all of you thoroughly enjoyed the interview until next time i'll be heading back to my usual spot in the westminster arms and raising a glass to outstanding leadership and to our regular listeners do tune in again soon because we'll be back with a whole new show with a whole new story of success and of innovation to share until next time take care and goodbye